Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. Today we are going to be on lesson number 44 in the book of Daniel. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1 9 as may or may not be necessary. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your many blessings. We thank you for you sending your Son to die at Calvary so that we may have the opportunity to join you in paradise. Guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, like I mentioned, Daniel, lesson number 44. Last week we taught verses 22, 23, and 24, oh, and 25. So we will continue, and we're not going to do the review. We're going to go with new material, and at the end of last lesson, we were reviewing the condition of Nebuchadnezzar's soul as an unbeliever who went negative at God consciousness. So we'll be at the top of page two if you're following along in the outline. Let me here give you five common rationales for God consciousness. Religious approach. God must exist because so many people believe in him. The moral approach. Man's conscience leads him toward virtue and truth because the order of the universe demands establishment ontological approach the human mind depends or demands a perfect deity as an ideal ontology is the science that deals with the existence of all things teleological approach there is too much order in the universe therefore there must have been a designer of super proportion the body is made up of various elements and compounds, and there are plenty of these around. So why do we not see man occur if there was no teleology? Teleology is the science that all things which exist were produced for the end purpose which they fulfill. Cosmological approach. The logic of cause and effect demands the existence of God. If there was no cause and it just happened, why don't we see it happen again? For example, there are scientists who, as supreme empiricists, wonder about evolution given the fact that over an extended time we have seen no evidence of progression. And in fact, fossil man slash ape has often shown clear evidence that there is no orderly progression from old to new. We early, earlier noted Nebuchadnezzar will not get saved until sometime later. Sometimes between chapters 3 and 4, he turns positive and receives Christ as his Savior. As an Old Testament saint, remember, his faith would have been faith in the Messiah to come. A record of his testimony can be found in Daniel chapter 4. 
want to review several key verses studied last week, after which we will return to our study of Daniel 3.26. The Introduction to the King's Testimony, Daniel 4.1-4. 4. King Nebuchadnezzar, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. Nebuchadnezzar was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous. The dream let me back up to Daniel chapter 4, verse 5. And we'll go 5, 9, and then 10 through 16. I had a dream that made me afraid. As I was lying in my bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. I said, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream. Interpret it for me. Then we go to 10. These are the visions I saw while lying in my bed. I looked, and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all. Under it, the beasts of the field found shelter, and the birds of the air lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while lying in my bed, I looked, and there before me was a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He called in a loud voice, Cut down the tree and trim off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But let the stump and its roots, bound with iron and bronze, remain in the ground, in the grass of the field. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal. And then the interpretation, and that's Daniel 4, 19 through 27. Then Daniel, also called Belshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or his meaning alarm you. Belshazzar answered, My lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meanings to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing for all, giving shelter to the beast of the fields and having nesting places in its branches for the birds of the air, you, O king, are that tree. You have become great and strong. 
Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. You, O king, saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump bound with iron and bronze in the grass of the field, while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live like the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation. O king, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord the King. You have driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by you for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Well, what Daniel predicted happened in Daniel 4, 28 through 33, and they read, And this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence? By my mighty power for the glory of my majesty? The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. You'll be driven away from people and will live in the wild like animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Immediately, what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. And then you have the king's restoration, and that's Daniel 4:34 through 36. At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out 
and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Then the conclusion of his testimony is in Daniel 4.37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. All right, now let's return to our study of Daniel 3.26 and the suffering of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This historical event of four men in the fire illustrates a tremendous principle in the doctrine of suffering. God, from his omniscience, has decided human suffering for the blessing of the believer. We, however, only receive maximum benefit from suffering when there is a consistent daily intake of Bible doctrine in our souls. Suffering helps us to move towards spiritual maturity and occupation with Christ. Remember the principle. If you are ever in the furnace of adversity, there is only one way to cope with that situation. We must trust God for our deliverance. And another way, we must live by faith and not by sight. In other words, he may permit the suffering to continue, but you can ride it out in perfect peace and happiness by means of his provisions. These three men have now reached their greatest moment in the midst of maximum pressure. Jesus Christ walked with them in the middle of that fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no doubt, earlier suffered on their way to the furnace, but in their deliverance, they were glorified, and in addition, God himself was also glorified in that deliverance. Suffering something we're going to all experience. Before we return to our three believers in the fire with the Lord, let me give you nine reasons why Christians suffer. And there we go. To glorify God in the angelic conflict. Conflict is from the book of Job. To learn self-discipline, Hebrews 5.8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. To, to demonstrate the sufficiency of God and to control certain types of personalities. And I'll take it from 2 Corinthians 12.7-10. through 10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there were given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And another one is to help us empathize with others who are suffering. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. To learn the value of doctrine. Psalms 119, verse 67 to 72. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Though the arrogant have smeared me with lies, I keep your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. And then to illustrate God's message to God's people. Hosea, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery and departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. And it continue in Hosea 3, 1 through 3, 5. The Lord said to me, Go, sow your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethek of barley. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or idol. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. And then we have, because of a believer's very own arrogance and bad decisions. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Judge not that ye be not judged. For what with judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with that measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And continuing to develop patience and reward in eternity. Romans 5.3 Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering per produces perseverance and we have to manifest the fruits of the spirit and to witness for our lord second corinthians 4 8 through 11 we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken 
cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. There is never any hurt for a Christian from the fires of affliction when the Lord is in the furnace too. Our Lord has promised to not only go with us, but to precede us. <clears throat> also, in principle, the flame of suffering burns away the ropes that bind and freeze us for fellowship with Christ. And that's from Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Nebuchadnezzar noted and examined that they have no hurt. This demonstrated that because of the believer's relationship with Jesus Christ, any place for them was a safe place. The form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Recall, as earlier noted, the term Son of God is mistranslated. The vocabulary form found in the manuscript is the Chaldean Bar Elhalim, better rendered a Son of the Gods. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar was an unbeliever. He was, in fact, a believer in the idol's Babylonian pantheon. The king expressed himself in terms of polytheism. He ascribed the fourth figure as belonging to the race of gods. Since we have been away from Daniel chapter 3 for a while, I want to give you the expanded translation of Daniel 3, verse 25. King Nebuchadnezzar then said, Oh, look, I see four men and none of them are bound. In fact, they are all four walking around in the furnace. There are flames abounding, but they seem to be unharmed. And the fourth man looks like one of the sons of the gods. Okay, now let's see what we can learn from verse uh, 26 in the KJV. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of, of the midst of the fire. In IV, it reads, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. The fact that the furnace had cooled sufficiently to allow Nebuchadnezzar to approach the door without harm indicates that several hours had passed. As the king waited, perhaps he pondered the miracle he had witnessed. He may have even recalled his earlier statement that no god could preserve life in the midst of the overheated inferno. 
When Nebuchadnezzar called to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he acknowledged their relationship to the Messiah by saving, saying, Ye servants of the Most High God. This statement, the Most High God, is a reference back to Daniel chapter 2 when he acknowledged the power of Daniel's God. He did not at that time believe in the Messiah to come, but rather he was simply paying homage to a powerful new member of his pantheon. Daniel 420, I'm sorry, Daniel 2, 46 and 47. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. This statement, however, did not go beyond heathen thinking. He merely considered the God of the Jews to be a greater God than the gods of the pantheon. Although Nebuchadnezzar was God-conscious, he definitely had not reached the point of salvation. When the three came forth, they were alone. Had Jesus Christ remained, Nebuchadnezzar might have felt coerced into a false position. Since God never forces himself on anyone, he did not deal with Nebuchadnezzar at that time. Through his omniscience, God knew that because Nebuchadnezzar had been able to capture Jerusalem so easy, he had low regard for the God of Israel who had failed to deliver the Jews in wartime. The king in chapter 2 and 3 is seen gradually moving toward a point of being positive to the love overtures of God. Little did the king suspect that he was being used by God to discipline the Jews. Up to this time, Nebuchadnezzar only contact with Christ had come from the testimonies of Jeremiah, and that's in chapter 39, 11, and 12, and Daniel, chapter 2, 46, and 47, and they read, and I'll go with Jeremiah first. Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had given these orders about Jeremiah through Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard. Take him and look after him. Don't harm him but do for him whatever he asks. And then Daniel, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and an incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. As mature believers, they would not have attempted to explain the fourth and fifth cycles of discipline to an unbeliever, since this would have only obscured the issue of salvation. Only God, the Holy Spirit, can make clear salvation doctrine, and this is done supernaturally. And if you're following along with the outline, we have a couple of charts there. All believers should remember this principle. Discernment of spiritual phenomena is the monopoly of a believer through the function of God's grace apparatus for perception.
The deliverance from the fiery furnace would serve to open the mind of Nebuchadnezzar toward Christ. Soul winning is teamwork and often involves the testimony, prayers, consistency, and stability of many believers. And that'll bring lesson number 44 to a close. As always, thank you for being with me today and look forward to having you back next week. If there's anyone out there without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, remember, do it any time. Now would be perfect. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words prepared for us by Pastor Merritt and presented by me today. And we thank you for all the scripture. Help us to metabolize the doctrine into our soul. Bless us, guide us, keep us safe in the coming week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Until next time. So long.